0: Hi, my name is Deborah Ogden and I would like to welcome you to On Brand With. Through this podcast, I want to bring you into my world of personal brand and impact and hopefully bring it to life through the experiences of me and my guests. Over the coming episodes, I will talk to a range of people I know and admire and ask them about the different ways they use their personal brand, the positive benefits it can bring and what best practice looks like in the real world. My guest today is Head of Cricket Business at Lancashire Cricket Club. He is my good friend Warren Hegg. Now, I've known Warren since my days working at Old Trafford when he was at the height of his 19-year career with the club. As wicketkeeper for Lancashire, he had many successes, captaining the side and also playing for England in two Ashes Test matches. As you'll hear from the conversation, the hard work and dedication that made him a Lancashire favourite on the field have led to an exciting and successful career representing the sport and the club he loves. Yes, we talk about cricket, but we also discuss relationships, nicknames, business and what it takes to make it to the top. Cricket lover or not, I hope you enjoy this conversation. So today uh, I'm chatting to my good friend Warren Hegg and Warren, before we go any further, I have to... uh, explain that I have split loyalties today because of course a Lancashire girl at heart and always will be but also an adopted living in Yorkshire for the last 15 years and as I've just said to you off screen they've managed to convert me from a Manchester United supporter (laughs) to a Huddersfield Town fan but I'm not sure they're ever going to with Yorkshire, are ever going to win my heart over from Lancashire Cricket Club?
1: <laughs> Absolutely, you 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 cut you in half, Debs, and there'll be a red rose there. I'm afraid they can take the girl out of Lancashire, but they're never going to uh, they're never going to get rid of it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, you know, and it's funny. Before I was uh, coming on to chat to you today, and it's so long since we've actually spoken, and it's such a shame it's not in person. But we can catch up at another time. Um, I was listening to some of your podcasts that you've been doing and you've become quite an expert at, talking to some of the old Lancashire legends and I can't remember who it was now, I don't know if it was Neil Fairbrother or Andy Flintoff that said the whole part of being part of that Lancashire team as a member of staff as well as you as players, we were all part of the team weren't we, we were all in it together and how... Professional sport has changed so much.
1: Uh, very, very much so. And that, and, and that era that you're talking about, you know, the late 80s in, into the 90s, produced a, a really very successful team at, at, at Lancashire. And I think most of the success was uh, was b- because of that camaraderie, both on and off the field. That the team knew their responsibilities. Everyone knew their roles. Everyone celebrated each other's successes uh, and gave a bit of a a lift to the lads that were struggling a little bit and that's i seem to Seep down into um into the the, the backroom staff, so to speak. You know your marketing team, your press team, um, edit the catering team, and it, we all became a one big family. So it was it was a definite case of uh, if you you know if you punch one of us on the nose, we we all we all have a nosebleed. Uh, and it was a it was a great time to be involved in in cricket in that time in Lancashire cricket. You know we all we were all born and raised in the county we were all all grown up through the county age group teams, and then a couple of world class stars were thrown into that mix and all of a sudden we became a became a really successful outfit
0: absolutely and I look back now and I think some of us we've just been laughing about hitting you know and passing the big five o but some of us grew up in that time at the club and I think we all grew up together didn't we and it was, it was such a social place but One of the things that I talk about so much with my clients and my audience is about identity. And for me, the thing that really I took for granted very much while I was there, but people have said since, and my dad, who's a huge cricket fan, said, I don't think you appreciated some of the people that you you work with. And I know, you know, people like Wazim Akram and Bobby Simpson and, uh Surav Ganguly mm. <laughs> and some of the people that crossed our path were real global superstars, weren't they?
1: The, the, absolutely, and you know, I've, I've been I've been so lucky, Deborah, to have a to have a career a playing career. You know, spanned over twenty one years, but still at the club now on the commercial and business side of it. And and sometimes you, you're absolutely right. You do take things for granted a little bit you work at a world-class stadium that's got 150 years of history of heritage of great players great events great matches Uh, and sometimes we take we take our business clients onto the middle of the pitch and to me it's just the pitch it's the it's a place where I'm probably going to get my shoes a little bit dirty and some grass seed over it but for those people who've seen the ground on tv they've seen the history it's a real real treat and and we do take that for granted and and I think sometimes you've got to you've got to sit back uh, and absolutely enjoy um, where we work and I think that's something that 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 makes my job what I do now so special in that I'm working at somewhere that I've got a real affiliation to.
0: Yeah it's re- it really is a second home I would have thought for you so I'm gonna I'm going to um, come on to your career at in a minute, but you know, that makes me think about talking on the wicket so. One of the real characters that was part of the club that sadly no longer with us is Pete Maron, who was the head groundsman. And I can remember when I was doing press interviews, I would set off across the field, and he'd be saying, "Don't be walking on that wicket, Simpson," as I was in those days. "Don't be walking on that wicket in your heels," and I used to get in all sorts of trouble.
1: Well, if if you you know you you, you talk to people, you know, world stars now and and, and stars of of the TV and uh, and people like like Flintoff who who had a real a real um, real great relationship with with Peter Marrant the head groundsman he was the head groundsman at at, uh, at what's now Emirates Old Trafford uh, and 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 people you know miss him very very much because he was an integral part of everything that went on on the cricket side of that he made he made sure that the players were looked after he made sure that the surfaces um, were, were conducive to the style of play that we wanted to play, um, and he was nobody's fool. He was nobody's fool. He, you know what? He should have been a CEO that Pete Marin. he shouldn't have cut he shouldn't have cut grass for a living he should have been a CEO because he was strong he, he was he was bold he was uh, he never took a step backwards and he was re- massively respected which is all the all the hallmarks of any CEO in any business
0: Absolutely and taking that a step further he really cared didn't he he really cared about the players and and um I know we're going a little bit off tack, but I can remember we used to call his house, he lived on the ground into the Heartbreak Hotel (laughs) and the number of players that used to end up there. But joking apart, he really cared and he had people's backs. And for me, a great leader will always have your back, whatever the situation. And, you know, he would absolutely be there for anybody in that. Yeah. in the wider team he
1: would back he would back you to the hilt you're, you're absolutely right but in a in a quiet part of the ground if you were out of order or you were you were not pulling your weight <laughs> he would be the first to uh to jump up to jump all over you and say that's not what, what what's expected he was a he was a lancashire fan he was a, a cricket fan a lancashire fan uh and that red rose spirit he wouldn't let anyone harm that uh that that you know the, the whole persona that went round that so yeah great guy very well missed and uh yeah i would spent a couple of nights in Heartbreak Hotel myself so I do remember that
0: <laughs> but you talk there about that so I you know I talk about brand and we talk about that brand and that experience and you know I know, I'm really conscious when I'm talking about this that so many of my audience are in the Yorkshire County, but whether we're talking about Lancashire or Yorkshire, the pride in that rose, whichever colour it is, red or white... And what goes with that? And Pete is a great example of a brand ambassador, if you like, in that he knew exactly what Lancashire stood for. He knew exactly what values it stood for. And therefore, if you went out of line, he really... I think he was ahead of his game in that he appreciated how important that was and it isn't just how you behave on the field.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. And you, you mentioned ambassadors to a brand, and, and and the the people in in Yorkshire, like uh, like in Lancashire, the, you know, they're very proud of the heritage, they're very proud of their upbringing, they're very proud of the colour of their rose. And 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 whether you're a cricket fan or or not, and um, maybe maybe some of the, um, the you know the, the the ladies and gents that listen to your podcast that don't know anything about cricket, but they'll know. A lot about their county, a lot about the red rose, the white rose, what went on and and that uh, that what what we what we stand for in 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 the northwest is quite unique you know we are quite loyal, we are quite passionate um, and, and and i can and I can imagine that, that we, you know you'd go to the end of the earth to try and to try and protect protect your brand that you're talking about and and the brand goes stronger and stronger the more the more you go on.
0: Yeah, and I think that's about personal relationships as well. So you get like people and it's no coincidence that I can ring you um what, twenty years after we work together and say, hello, <laughs> any chance you'll come on my podcast? But in the same way, I, when I was doing some of the research and, and again looking at some of yours, that the, one of the conversations with with Freddie Flintoff, you know, I I was telling some I was talking to somebody the other day who hadn't actually realised that Andrew had been a cricketer because they know him for his television persona, and you and I know the young cricketer that came through and all his japes and everything that he got up to. And if he walked in at Old Trafford, I know he was saying, it's just like home and I'm just treated as I was many years ago. And I think that is something very, very special that people can stay that authentic and have somewhere where they can be like that.
1: Fred, Fred is, is, has not changed, Debs. He really he hasn't changed. And he's still, he's, although he's, he's friends with James Corden now and he's, uh, you know, he's Janie Redknapp and him are best buddies. He's still uh, he's um he's most comfortable when he's he's walking into Emirates Old Trafford, walking into into the ground that he adores, the ground that makes him feel at home and special. Puts his feet on the table, has a cup of coffee in in, in my office, uh, as a, as a chat with the, uh, the 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 cleaners or the or the uh, the kitchen staff that are, are preparing lunch for guests. Uh, and, and he's not changed, and that, um, that that is something that's very very special about Flintoff. He will never he'll never forget what um, how he's got to the, the heights that he's got and where he's come from. Um, and he's a very very talented boy, both on the field when he played cricket and moving off away from cricket to the business side of the world. He's uh, he's he's really taken it taken to it like a you know like a duck to water. And he's a brilliant entertainer, like he was with us. Mm-hmm. Off-camera, off-site, uh, yeah. and the jokes you say that he used to get into. It's no different from what he does on uh, you know, on the programmes he's on.
0: Anyway, enough about Andrew Flintoff, as much as we uh, know and love him, and uh, on to Warren Heggs. So, were you always going to be a cricketer?
1: No, I wasn't actually, no. I, I was very... Um, I fell into it, Deborah. to be quite honest. I fell into it. I was... Um, I'd signed up to... Uh, to, to do hotel management and uh, to become a chef at the Catering College in Blackpool. So that was my that was my career path. I wanted to go into hotels and, and in, you know, I could have been the next Gordon Ramsay, I, and, but cricket got in the way, I'm afraid. At, uh, at, six, at 16, 17, I was, I was selected to for England in the 19s. Did really good, went to Bermuda. I'd never been, I'd never been to Salford before on me. own. never mind getting on a plane with an England cricket team to, to Bermuda did really well um, as a 17-year-old kid, uh, just about to do my A-levels. I came back and was offered three professional contracts, one at Leicester, one at Nottingham and of course one at uh, at, at Lancashire, my home county, Manchester born and bred. I was never going to go anywhere, so I virtually uh, had a bit of a meteoric rise into into the game of cricket. And I say to people, people develop at different times. Whether it be in sport, whether it be in business, they, they develop. And if they if they're put into the right environment with the right uh, support uh, and the right feeling around them, you know, people people will flourish.
0: You know, I was um, I was on a call this morning, and I think people forget that there's talent. And you and I were laughing beforehand before we came on this call that. You can be technically brilliant at what you do, but actually it's being able to communicate it's how you make people feel it's being able to have a conversation and it's sometimes it's those things that really make the success of people and you were saying about the role that you're in now is you know a fabulous, fabulous role. But actually, it's all those other skills, isn't it, that, that really make the difference?
1: Definitely, yeah. And we've all, we've all seen in, in all, all the different parts of doing me, me particularly in cricket, lots and lots of talented players come through the ranks, players with more talent than me. Uh, but when you get into that situation um, where the pressure takes over, where that need to perform, that need to actually step up to the plate, as we, we hear so many times... Um, sometimes certain players and certain and certain in certain areas are left wanting a little bit, and that's why you need you need that. I think you need to be, as a professional sportsman, particularly, you need to be really really rounded as a, as a person. Like you said, you've just mentioned communication. Communication mm-hmm. is great because we're not great all the time I'm afraid sometimes we're really really bad on the field as as you see football yeah. you see cricket yeah. but you need to be able to to be rounded as a as a person as a player to to ask to ask for information to ask for help to ask for and um and and to really dig deep when you when you need to dig deep because it's uh, it's I'm afraid life's life sometimes very tough and it's not fair sometimes so you've you've got to be a real a real fighter as well to, uh, to 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 make things perform and players. I mean, I was lucky. Like I mentioned, twenty years as a as a professional sportsman, uh, and there's players not had a quarter of that time who have been a lot better than I am. So I, yeah. you know, I thank my lucky stars, and and I took that then from a real successful career in sport. To, to try to take some of those uh those theories, the learned thoughts, into what I do now. So it's a uh, yeah. I, I think I think being able to communicate with people is is right up there. <laughs>
0: You know, I remember having a conversation and I am going back probably at a time when I, I was at the club and another good friend of ours, John Stanworth, Stanny as we knew him, and I said to him, how do you drop somebody? How do you tell somebody? So John would have been the coach at the time. and um, And I said to him, how do you tell a player that he is no longer in the team and I still think of this now because I said do you do the old pardon the phrase the old shit sandwich basically and you tell them some good stuff then drop them and he said no you don't you direct with them you are clear with them because they've, they've got to get over what's coming and you have to be sensitive and respectful but you have to be direct there's not got to be any ambiguity and I've always remembered that and I think there are so many lessons that we can take in business from a sporting environment and from the dressing room
1: yeah very much so and and, and whatever environment you're in and delivering delivering some bad news to people is not a nice job mm. and, I, and I was lucky enough to be captain for three years and and one of the one one of my remit was to was to, was to uh to tell the players when they were left out the coach mm. who at the time was Mike Watkinson and we, we yeah. decided it was it was the captain's decision because he won. He had the final say in it. Which which ten players walked out onto that field with him, uh, and and so I, I I used to hate that time at uh, at ten o'clock when they we'd looked at the surroundings, looked at the pitch, look how the pitch was going to play, uh, and delivering a bad a bad um, bad news message to a player. There was there was one particular player I won't mention. I gave him that many bad news stories that I went up to him one morning he said, well, before you start, I know what you're going to say. Uh, I'm not in the team. It's not conducive to my play, so you don't need to speak. You don't need to waste your breath. I said, actually, no, I wasn't. You're going to play today because we need the extra batsman." And so I actually gave you some good news. But uh, but it was uh, it's not it's not nice, um, but um, there and the then is not the time to deal with it, you know, because you've got a job to do. You know, you've made the decision... Yeah, hopefully that, that, that player, that colleague, understands that decision as long as it's explained to him in the right way, and then you'll deal with that problem away from away from game day when it's all focus and all efforts have to be on on um, winning that particular game or getting that particular contract uh, and I, I think that's where, where the where the, two, um, the two areas of sport and, and business are very similar.
0: Yeah absolutely because you've got the emotion of it haven't you the heightened emotion and and also you would hope and I think this is where and I think um, certainly from my experience Lancashire was were ahead of the game in some ways with some of the off-field support that as a, a playing team as a you know, as staff that you had some of the additional psychology and an additional support that you had uh from a training point of view, but I do think that if there is that open communication generally and that discussion around strengths and weaknesses and how you can develop and areas for development and where you fit within a team whether that's on the field or off the field then there shouldn't really be that many surprises should there in the moment
1: no no definitely not and trust trust is a big thing there we mentioned a little bit earlier about everyone in a certain group of a group of people um it's always helped when everyone else knows everyone else's ro- uh, roles. Roles and responsibilities mm-hmm. are a big thing. So if we needed a, and I'll just put it into cricket or, or put it into sport. If we needed to get off to a quick, a fast start, we knew that um, batsman A had to go and really go hard at it. And if he got out, yeah. well, that was you know that was tough. We knew what was yeah. we knew the risk of it. So knowing everyone's yeah. roles, responsibilities is, is is a is a big thing. Um, and also and also um, lending people support. Lending people support when they when they are left out. If, if you come together as a unit, enjoy everyone's successes as I mentioned before, and, and pick people up to a certain level. One of our managers said you've got as a professional sportsman, you've got to stay on a level. You've got to stay mm-hmm. on on one one level. If you can imagine that line being being the level Don 't go above it when you're euphoric and you 've just scored a hundred or you 've just got a, a million pound contract mm. um, and, and bring yourself back down to that level and and as a caveat to that, bring yourself up to that level when things when things are quiet in sales or or you know you 've not got that new contract or you 're not getting any runs you 're not getting any wickets. Bring yourself up to that level and it, it, it's a, it you can see that yeah it's a, it's a it's a rule of life that I think and it, and it served it served the teams that I've played in very very well.
0: You know, you've said something there, so um, we've done a huge leap and I want to ask you about that transition from professional player to your role now in a minute, but it just seems a good time to ask you because I know that, you know, um, Emirates Old Trafford is, is so much more than a cricket ground and that's what it's known for and that's what it will always be in my heart, but it's this, you know, world-famous top of the range conference center, you have the hotel, but. The hospitality industry has taken such a hit, so there's that side. But also the work that you've been doing, I know around well-being with the PCA, around keeping in touch with former players, and so how's COVID been in, in Warren's world? How how have those two things impacted on you?
1: It's it's uh, we're we're very similar to the rest of the hospitality business. It's it's really hit us hard at Emirates mm. Old Trafford we rely so heavily on on uh, on our Hilton hotel on site 150 bedrooms you know we've got a um a, a, a conference and events business that sits alongside the cricket at Emirates Old Trafford that's not had any bookings now for you know go, going on 12 months uh, mm. and 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 life will will take time to to build its way back up so very very difficult on, on that front but uh, you know we've uh, we've been well managed and and well led and well um, you know, well-informed of everything that that's going on. The crickets on the cricket side of it, you know, the guys have uh, b- played behind closed doors, no crowds. Uh, they've been in, they've been in secure um, COVID bubbles uh, when no one's left it. No one let in, le- no one let out. Um, so very, very different world to, to, you know, pre- uh, performing in front of an empty house, uh, where they, they could be, um, there could be 30,000 uh, fans in. And, um, mm. So that's been difficult, but we'll uh, we, we we've all pulled together. We'll, we will get through it. We will get through. it. I'm just fingers crossed now that government guidelines allow hospitality to crack on when safe and and when 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 the right time is and and we can. Uh, I think people will be ready for a ready for a party one way or the other. <laughs> but you mentioned you mentioned the welfare side of it and then what we've tried to do over the last couple of uh, of years is. Is restructure our, our former players association. Uh, you know, play, players will play at uh, at Lancashire cricket, uh, and it's a massive part of their life. And unfortunately, um, for one thing and another, if people leave with a bit of, under a bit of a black cloud, they don't think they they're, they're ready to retire. And the, the new manager comes in, just like in business, who's got his own ideas. And and players sometimes sometimes move away from the club. Uh, and it, it takes time for them to heal. So what we've done, we've um, we've made a former players association and made sure that it's known that every player is welcome back to Emirates Old Trafford and Lancashire cricket whenever they can. We hold three events a year, former players events a year, um, where they, they can come back, they can watch a match, they can have their own suite. We buy them the uh, the odd shandy or two, if you can imagine what the old players are like. <laughs> Uh, and they have a bite to eat. Um, on one occasion, they bring the partners back. You know, the, the wives and girlfriends that that may not have seen people. Um, we've got a capping a capping um, ceremony that we 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 celebrate people's caps and big birthdays. And we have a a, a a newsletter that goes out on digital that goes out to these former players four times a year. So we really engage with them and and try and get them to to one, speak to each other in these very difficult times uh, if they've lost contact uh, and, and two, welcome them back to, uh, to, to our club um, whenever they, whenever they want.
0: Yeah, so I suppose that goes back to that when we were talking about Freddie Flintoff, you know, and, and Andy saying that he always feels at home at um, Old Trafford, and it, it's them always knowing that there is a place for them at Old Trafford, and they are a part of the club, even though they are former players.
1: They're a they're a massive part of massive part yeah. of the club, Debs, and whether you've played two games or whether you've played four hundred games you know you're still part of that family and that's the that's the kind of message that we we try to get over that uh, that it's a club and we've been very very fortunate over our careers to have played perf- one to play professional sport, every schoolboy sportsman, or school schoolgirl's sportsman's dream, um, mm-hmm. and 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 two to to represent your your home club, your home county for for so many times. So we we want to we want to keep that going as much as possible, and, and no matter what goes on around at Emirates Old Trafford, you know the multi-million pound conference and events hotel corporate hospitality business. We are a cricket club. We are we are a um, hundred and fifty year old county cricket club that uh, that that uh, has seen people brilliant games brilliant a- atmospheres brilliant events that will will live with people for the rest of their
0: lives yeah yeah so before we ask you know i talk about that transition what would i think i know the answer to this and I'm hoping you say the one that I think you're going to say. But what would be your no pressure? <laughs> what would be your big highlight of your career? What was the match that you will always remember? Uh,
1: um, well, I, I think you're right. I think we've—I didn't—I I didn't have many great games, Deb. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think,
1: uh, and I, and I, I do apologise to some of your uh, your Yorkshire listeners, but my favourite game was a semi-final. Um, I, you know what? I think it was in ninety six, nineteen ninety six, uh, where we were dead and buried, really, uh, against a very strong Yorkshire team with your Darren Goss and your David Bias, and uh, you know your, your, your great players in in that Yorkshire team. Michael Vaughan played. Uh, and we managed to uh, we managed to win off the last ball, and I was man of the match. I got an 80 odd or something like that, and. We, uh, oh,
0: you're playing it down. You must know what you got. <laughs>
1: it was 81, I think. A <laughs> I I 42 balls in an hour and a half.
0: <laughs> Is it tattooed on your inner arm? <laughs> no.
1: So that that was, I mean, great memories. But we we talk about we talk about that game, but we talk about the relationships, and we we just go back to that relationships that you you build, and that that Yorkshire team. You know, I we we still have a really good relationship with the Yorkshire lads. From that area, your Darren Goff's, your Bias, your Vaughns, your McGraths, you know, people who were uh, you know—you never forget those uh, the, those colleagues that you, uh, you were. You were, you were—they were adversaries, really. You were, you were against them. But as soon as uh, you walked over that white line at the end of the day's play, you—you you, know—you were—you had a lot of things in common, and um, still great to catch up with old, old, old Yorkshire boys that that, that played against us.
0: You know, um, you've just prompted a memory in in my mind, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the... the like, I mean, when you look back now and any younger listeners, you know, it was the Benson and Hedges Cup, so you'd got <laughs> uh, a tobacco brand uh, <laughs> sponsoring it, but it was the Gold Cup, wasn't it? Uh, and, amazing. Uh, and yeah, it, I the... can remember that night wandering across the car park With the cup, having done all the media pictures and that, wandering across the car park, sort of swinging this cup and somebody coming up to me saying, "Uh, Deborah, do you know what that's worth? That is worth, you know, that is a gold-plated cup. Get it back into the... (laughs) But that's how relaxed it was in those days. Can you imagine that these days? No, I
1: can't imagine that. I remember, um, and and like you said, it, it was sponsored by Benson Hedges, you know Gallagher's massive tobacco company, and before the game, if you remember, this was a professional professional unit, and even the final at Lords, you know, forty odd thousand outside at the home of cricket, it's buzzing. The ground. and a representative from Gallagher's had come in with a with a big brick of um, of cigarettes, and 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 say, good luck today, lads. There's a little present from from Benson and Edges, and he put a brick of how many lots of two hundred. Fags and and they go on the table and and Jack Simmons would be saying, "I'll have two, I'll have forty of them for for our Dave. He smokes and 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 Wasi Macram would say, "Oh, I've got I've got my driver. He'd, he'll have he'll have twenty of them." And they were dishing out fags before a before a final of a of a of a Benson Edges Cup final. But that's the way the game was in in those games. It it, it was no no less keenly contested. It was there was no less skill, there was no less passion, but it was a. Uh, it was. We had some fun in those, in those, in those twenty odd years. All, you know, and uh, my hips, are, my hips, and my, my legs, and my back at the minute are uh, are not agreeing with me. But we did have some great fun, and and got um, and got many a lifelong friend after it.
0: Absolutely, and I think that's something that is so wonderful about cricket is that overseas, the overseas players that came in and the different for me. So I can remember. Um, we had something called cricket in Education. Do you remember we set up, I think it was along with Warburton's, was the sponsor at the time, and we had the Cricket Roadshow. And the wonderful thing, I use cricket as an analogy for business in that I do believe you've got the star players, but then you've got the fielders, and without a great fielding t- side, you're not going to win a match. And But also it was a great platform for education because you've got the geography and the culture and the maths... And I think of some of the players that came through and I'm thinking of Murali, uh, Muralitharan and, you know, the stories he used to tell. And and I'm thinking of Saurav Ganguly and him coming through and being known as an absolute god in India. And I can remember people saying to me, if you think how David Beckham is here and times that by 10, <laughs> then that is how he is seen in yeah. India. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he's not listening. So I'm going to say this: He wasn't the easiest character, was he? At times,
1: <laughs> no. And, and like you say, that now uh, you know you're right. And Surab was a was a brilliant, brilliant player. He was a world world-renowned superstar. Um, yeah. But but like you say, you, you mentioned it before: Superstars will win your games occasionally, but mm. more often than not, and it's a proven fact that. The, uh, the teamwork gets gets more success. Uh, so you That's do need great. those goals. You need you do need those those nuggets of brilliance from the brilliant players. And and you know it, Sir Ganguly is now head of Indian cricket. You know so mm-hmm. that drive that saw him reach his heights uh, in the professional cricket game has also seen him reach the heights in the business world. So there is synergies there with with people who are very successful on the on the cricket field and then go on to uh they go, go on to be equally successful in the business world.
0: And I think that has to be that self belief as well. So that what may be perceived as arrogance by some, because it's such a fine line, isn't it? But again, having spoken to the coaches over the years, people like Dav Watmore saying. Deborah, the great players need that because once you're out there in that field, if you have that, just that chink of vulnerability, then somebody else will pick up on it.
1: Very, very much so. And, and it's not, and uh, even great players feel anxious, even great, great players feel nervous uh i've I've still have butterflies in the in the the stomach and and i've I've been very very fortunate to see it from both sides see it from a playing side and see it from a business side as well because those those goals that you set yourself on the business front are exactly the same goals you set yourself on the on the green stuff when you play when you're playing this the nervousness of having to present to somebody uh of your product the, the 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 uh the happiness you feel when you get a new contract or the the sorrow you feel when you 're not successful in getting a new contract um, and it 's uh, it's very very similar it 's very close to to what top level sportsmen feel
0: so just going back to your to your playing days because there 's something that always fascinates me, and um, i 've asked about this before, but I think it happens in a lot of sports, but particularly in cricket, um, that everybody has these nicknames. And um, so, you know, you were always Chucky and and, uh, there was, you know, we've laughed about Freddie already and everybody that uh, crossed that that, um, dressing room had a nickname. And I'm just interested in the dynamics of that because, again, as a young player, Walking in that very first time, however old, and that you know you had your test match against Australia, didn't he? You? You had your couple of test matches. Walking into that England dressing room as well, that must be because it's all those dreams coming to fruition. But you, in some case, with it in there with boyhood heroes as well. So. Is that nickname? Is that part of the identity? Fitting in the team? How does all that dynamic work? It,
1: it is, and, and you mentioned my nickname is Chucky, as it, and Chucky Hegg, But let's not say <laughs> that was uh, that was one of the the the, uh, the, the clean ones, Deborah. You know, I, I couldn't mention some of the other things I was I was called, and and likewise how we we called other other people, and uh, you know. But you know, we, we, your nickname your nickname is something that's um, that, that's given to you, Chucky. I was never called Chucky. Until the first day of, uh, I, joined, I joined Lancashire as a, as a 17-year-old professional. Graham Fowler gave me that, you know, oh, it's Chucky Egg. in, Chuck- <laughs> So I was known as Chucky throughout the cricket world for the rest of my career. You know, people like, um, people like I, I, a humorous one, Peter Martin, who, who was, uh, you know, he, he played for Yorkshire schools, but growing up in Accrington, and, and he, he, he got the nickname of Digger.
0: Yeah, he was Digger, wasn't he? He he, was
1: Digger, and people said, why Digger? Well, the thing was, when you're a professional cricketer, you trained in the morning, you had your lunch, you had an hour off, and then you trained in the afternoon pre-season, and he didn't realise this as a young player, and he trained in the morning, had a shower, and he had a bottle of Baileys, you know, Baileys (laughs) liqueur, in his locker, and he poured himself a little Baileys. So what are you doing you 've got to go out he didn't realize so he got the name digger I was in digger Barnes from the old Dallas program Dallas. who was an alcoholic so that's that's so so got isn't it and that that nickname stuck from 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 Lancashire cricket and uh yeah yeah you you will that 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 nickname is is your identity uh, it's something that stays with you for, for your for the rest of your career and uh, and and like you say i w- I was very fortunate to 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 walk into an England dressing room. I was very fortunate to walk into an England dressing room because i was a I was a senior player at the time I didn't make my debut till thirty, so everyone knew where I was everyone knew what I could do uh it was it was just rubber stamp that i I'd, I'd played for England but it must be so difficult for young players of today you know your Zach Crawley's coming into the team where you've play, made a played for twelve months in the county circuit you've done really well and you Play for England as a young player—that must be some serious, serious pressure. Uh, and you know, hats, hats off to to them all who, who's done that.
0: And you might have taken somebody else's place as well, which adds to the dynamic. Well, you have taken somebody—not might of—you have, have taken somebody else's place as well, haven't you? Which adds to the dynamic.
1: Very much so. Yeah, and it's, it might be a, it might be the opening partner's best mate uh, that you you're having to go out there. But at the end of the day, when you when you walk out onto that white line uh and and business needs to be done whatever it is sport or business you know they those kind of feelings have got to be put to the side uh and with everyone pushing for that one goal together you can you don't have to be and we we, we say this to to ring you don't have to be your teammate's best friend you don't have mm-hmm. to be but you've got to show respect you've got to show compassion to your teammate um, and you don't, but you don't have to write, invite him round for tea on Sunday or send him a Christmas card as long as there's that mutual respect there.
0: Because every team, business or on the field, takes different personalities, different characteristics, doesn't it?
1: De- definitely, definitely. And I'm sure, I, I, as you've seen in, in, in the world of business, there's, there's different characters, sometimes very difficult characters, who who are essential to making to making the wheel go round smoothly yeah
0: yeah and it wouldn't do for us all to be the same no it wouldn't <laughs> definitely so how do you make that transition because i was trying to remember and um am i right you got you ended up finishing a little bit early because didn't you get injured just at the very end because as as a wicketkeeper i
1: did yes i um you know my, my career was coming to an end debs and i i um i did a sports a sports marketing course with the pca the professional cricketers association uh readying myself for life after cricket and i didn't do this when i'd finished I i, I did it in 2004 when i was captain in the one of the winters off um, and I did a public speaking course with the PCA that put you put you through, you know, and got you ready to to deal with to deal with business outside of, of cricket. And I was very fortunate that um, I was a good salesman. I was a really good salesman. It was, you know, it was a it was a, it was a laughing joke that that I'd you know, I'd sell uh, I'd sell coals, coals to Newcastle or the ice to the Eskimos uh, in the dressing room. So I found found sales very easy. And it also gave me um, it gave me an in with people, especially selling hospitality, which I moved into immediately after finishing my career, because people knew where I was from from cricket. You know, I'd get on the phone and say, "Hi, hey, it's Warren Head from Lancashire Cricket." Um, I, would you like to book some hospitality? What Warren Hegg, it used to, yeah, now I've mo- mo- and now I've moved over to the commercial side and I'm helping out on the. Oh, well, that's fantastic! Come and have a cup of coffee with us, and we'd end up talking an hours cricket. Um, and then at the end of the meeting, they, they'd, you know, more often than not, book a table of ten for their clients or their their staff at, at Emirates Old Trafford to come and watch a Lancashire game or a. Um, so that transition was uh, was was great for me. I, I found it I found it really good. Something that I, I, I was interested in doing. I think I always tell young players now who are coming out of the game who've not quite made it to find a career that interests them. You've got oh, to be yeah. able to jump out of bed and can't wait to get into work. Set set realistic and small goals uh, like you do as a cricketer. You get so many runs this year, so many wickets this year. Look at your competitor, what's he doing? I need to be up there with him. Set them similar goals and I did exactly the same. I was led by a great guy called Jeff Durbin, and I learned a lot about um, lot about sales and marketing through
0: Jeff. And Jeff had quite a Jeff had quite a different take because I worked with Jeff uh, for quite a while. He was my manager as well, and he had quite a different take on sales and marketing. He was. Very much about building relationships, wasn't he?
1: Massively, and that's that's a really good point. That relationship building is, uh, you know, because the the markets out there are so keenly contested and keenly fought. You know, it's an age-old saying. So, you know, how many times have we heard it? And how many times have you, you, you know, you. Your listeners heard that the people buy from people, but inevitably they do.
0: I'm glad you said that, Warren, because I think the sick of me it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it. But absolutely. <laughs> really? it, it. And I'd sort of resisted saying it. So I'm gl- so glad you said it. But, th- th- and not everybody's a former professional sportsman, but everybody has got a personal brand. And everybody can be the person that people engage with and can build relationships. And I said it on a call this morning. Be the person that somebody says when I want what he or she is offering, then it's them that I'm going to buy from.
1: Absolutely right. That's that's absolutely right. And uh, and and whether that is, you know, I, I get the I used to get the Mickey taken out of me uh, for going going with a brand to play a game of golf. And oh, it's what a great job you've got. No, I'm working. I'm actually building relationship. Great. I was playing a great game of golf on on some royal course somewhere. But but. Uh, I, Inevitably, I was building relationship away from what I was trying to do. So, when the time was right, it might not have been in the in the uh, the immediate time that I was successful, but it 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 got me it got me over the line more often than not.
0: And I think you've hit on something there else there as well that, you know, what. I'm often working with with young people at the beginning of their career and I'm often saying don't just be thinking about now and the immediate network but think about where you want to be and, you know, I, I hope there are more professional sports people out there thinking, well, you know, sadly at the end of the day a sports career generally is pretty limited and therefore you do have to be... Thinking beyond, and I know I've done some work with the with the team at Huddersfield Town, the academy team, not the uh, professional team, but with the academy team, and saying, you know, be thinking now about your personal brand because. If, you're, if you show up, if you're on time, if you're pleasant, then you're going to get the decent sponsorships. And, the, you know, that's how it works.
1: Yeah, it, it is. that. That's exactly how it works. And it's the same, it's the same in cricket you now. We, we do a lot now with the PCA, the Professional Cricket Association, preparing preparing young players for life after cricket. And that's before they've had their cricket career. So it's in one, you know, they're, they're being trained. And inevitably, players leave players come into the game at a young age have not finished their uh not finished their qualifications which is which is really bad you know I'd prefer players to go to university mm-hmm. and then come to play cricket but you know see a lot yeah. of players who've got nothing there so so make the most of everything that's there offered to you the the crowds the 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 demographics of the corporate the corporate clients we have at Emirates Old Trafford meet them yeah. have 10 yeah. minutes with them you don't know what doors will be opened Uh, instead of sometimes sometimes being a little bit recluse and we've all done it as players of of when we finish the day's play we're knackered and we want to go we want to go home and spend time with our families but that that hour you spend with corporate clients and commercial clients after the game could be uh, a a massive opportunity to open another door.
0: You know I, I and again thinking of you've made me think back to the old days but when i was looking for players for press interviews and quite often people would want the you know the stars or whoever done well and my one my go to person would be Jamie Haynes now <laughs> many people will never have heard of Jamie Haynes and poor Jamie if he's listening but he was a, he was a regular second team player wasn't he but he was he, he was was he australian or was he he'd, been, he'd lived out in australia and he was brilliant communicator and I knew if I put Jamie in front of the cameras or in front of a uh, radio interview he would trot out exactly the, the, the Lancashire brand and he would say exactly what I needed and therefore he probably had a bigger profile and I'm not undermining his plain ability in any way but a bigger profile than somebody who was a Better player, but just wasn 't as as all an all rounder like he was
1: yeah very much so and 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 the the game has progressed a little bit from there now because players now have media training they mm-hmm. yeah, they, they, they have it in contracts that they 've got to fulfill so many media obligations so yeah players yeah. and players are 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 more forthcoming to to do that that extracurricular work other than other than the the, the day-to-day job so so to speak of uh, and and it's something that's that's helped that's definitely helped me uh, o, over my career and and my successes have, have been getting back to it again is from building relationships with uh with with clients and not expecting an immediate fix
0: so if there's anything that you miss, because I suppose you're still immersed in it, aren't you? And you are still immersed. But if there was one thing that you could get back from your playing days, what would it be?
1: I, I, I suppose, I'm, and I, you know what? This is this is going to sound so weird, <laughs> but I still dream about playing for England. I still play. I still playing. You know, I only played twice. I went on four tours. I was, I was lucky enough, but I still have a dream that I'm pulling on my pads and going out there batting for England or wicket keeping for England and, and that and that's one thing that, that as a as a former player you miss that buzz of um of being being able to be successful uh and to and to 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 play great innings or to to, to, to bowl superbly to take great catches because we can't do it anymore. I'm very fortunate I still have that banter that, uh, that's very important within a, a professional sports team. I can still go and have a a, a brew with 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 a head coach or the manager and see the boys ten minutes before kick off. Uh, I still have that, you know. I still they still rip me for what I'm wearing and what shoes I've got on, or my me, <laughs> me, 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 me trousers are too flared or whatever. So nothing changes there. So it's uh, but that's the actual performing. But again, I've been very very lucky that. That my the buzz of scoring a hundred or the buzz of chasing down a score in a one day game or defending a score has has been uh, has been overtaken now with the successes we've had in business.
0: It's one of those tricky conversations, Warren. But I hate to break it to you. I think your your England days might be over. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I, I think I think you're right. Especially when I had to get a new pair of glasses last week and they were a lot stronger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. I don't know. Are you able to share what have been the big successes in since you've been on the business side? You know what,
1: Debs? I've been I've been very very fortunate. Obviously, we keep we keep referring now to the Emirates Old Trafford, mm. the, the the big naming rights of of the, of the stadium. You know, had a, had a small hand in in relationships building that. It's a global brand. You know, Emirates are a
0: wow. are
1: a, a global brand. You know, some some great some great local. Local um, success stories in, in AO.com, dot com, the mm-hmm. the on, the online appliances uh, company. Lots of local companies, uh, your Brown Shipleys, your Hill Dickinsons, that are local companies mm-hmm. that we've built relationships with over the years, uh, and they've come on board as as official partners of, of Lancashire Cricket. So you know those success stories are, are, are great for me, and 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 even small small stories of, of getting people. To buy hospitality again, who maybe have had a five, ten-year spell away from cricket as a as an option for entertaining guests or entertaining their yeah. their colleagues and and their staff. Uh, getting people to come back into a ground that's changed and has had a you know sixty million pound revamp over over the last fifteen years is is great to see people's faces of what what the stadium is now.
0: Oh, and I think the wonderful thing about uh, cricket hospitality is it takes time. Whereas at a football match, you sat watching the football and then you go in for quarter of an hour at half time and then you go back out again with cricket you can actually sit and and chat and spend time with people and build those relationships can't you that we're talking about
1: very much so and you get time with clients that's that's what that's what brands like whereas football you might you might invite a client to to football and they're they're a mad fan of that particular team and they don't want to be talking about possible next business or you know because the hospitality Deb's for, for me is, is used for different things hospitality is to say thank you to your clients thank you thank you for our relationship or or possibly would you like to would you like to come and and and, and watch the cricket and possibly well we can chat about opportunities between between our brands so it's used for different things and cricket you're there for a long time uh, yeah. You, you can't escape.
0: Know, <laughs> <laughs> especially if rain stops play uh,
1: absolutely
0: <laughs> just finally warren um i always talk about people say about your personal brand it's what people say about you when you're not in the room now i'd love to ask some of your former teammates uh what they'd say about you but i'm not sure it'd be repeatable on here um I'll tell you what I'll say about you afterwards, but what would you want people to say about you?
1: Um, it's a really good question, really good question. I'd like, I, th- I think I'd like people to, to know me as being extremely loyal, um, extremely loyal, extremely supportive um, of them, um, fun-loving and, um, you know, a real get-up-and-go character that was, was, was always, always glass half-full rather than glass half-empty. Uh, someone that could help help people along the way someone that will give 120 percent at any given time of uh, of the day um and yeah i'd hope they in a nutshell is, is what i'd what i'd what i'd be organized as well i think organized i am pretty organized i have got um, you know people will say i've got a little bit of ocd when it comes to organization and, and making sure things are right things are right if you're going to do it do it properly
0: yeah i have um I say to Oscar, my son, we don't have the F word in our house and it's not the F word, it's the, it's fine Why be fine when you can be more than fine? You can be something really special. Well, for what it's worth, I talk about radiators and drains. People are radiators and people are drains. And the people that are radiators are the ones that you walk away and your cheeks ache because you've been smiling and laughing that much (laughs) from being with them. And that's how I always feel when I've been with you. You always absolutely make my day. I've loved this conversation And uh, let's do it again soon. Thanks Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation and I'd love you to join in the conversation as well. The best way to do that is through social media and I can be found at Instagram and Twitter at do underscore impact. If you'd like to sign up for my newsletter or learn more about my monthly membership, The Impact Club, please visit the website at deborahogden.com. If you've enjoyed this episode of On Brand With, I would so appreciate it if you would rate, review and subscribe. It helps other people know we exist. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode.
1: Thanks for listening to On Brand With. It was hosted by Deborah Ogden and produced by me, Anthony Short. This has been an A Short Stories production.